Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Unique Holiday Experiences audio series. Uh, So this is the snippet episode, so you won't be getting the full audio series unless you have already registered. It actually went live this past Wednesday, which means it is now available to register for just $9 so that you can dive in so much deeper than just this snippets episode. So if you haven't heard a snippets episode before for all the past audio series, I usually like to add like about five minutes from each of them so that you get a little bit of juiciness. And if you want to get some more, then you go ahead and join over at the private podcast feed where you can listen to all the interviews in depth. This audio series does feature Industry, there's so many industry greets here. We have Margie Jordan, Tom Carpenter, Danella Richard, Jonathan, or Jono for short, McKee. And then we also have Renata, or Ren for short, West. And uh, it was a really fun time not only talking with them about their holiday memories, but also some of their favorite experiences, travel experiences all around the world. So we're going to dive in deep for that. But I know we are at the heels of Christmas. I don't know how many of you celebrate Christmas. I'm a big Christmas celebrator. So Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful and lovely holiday. Uh, At the heels of Christmas, then we also have Kwanzaa. So happy Kwanzaa for all of you that celebrate. It is such a magical time of year. And this episode is like a really like like cherry on top to everything that is going on. So don't worry about like listening to and definitely about strategies. This is really to get you dreaming, give you some inspiration, and then also give you some insider tips for either yourselves, for your own personal bucket list, or for your clients who have been dying to visit some of these amazing locations all around the world. We're literally going to go from north to south and east to west and everywhere in between within this audio series. Also, I did want to remind you, if you didn't already see, I am hosting a lead magnet workshop, and that is going to be Thursday, January 4th from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. If you've been confuzzled about figuring out your next or your first lead magnet, you'll make want to, you'll want to be sure to join us for the lead magnet workshop where we can give you a little bit of a brief overview, troubleshoot right there in the call, and then get you starting to write out or sound out whatever it might be your lead magnet, but get you starting to implement there in the workshop as well so that you leave away with either a full new lead magnet or the very beginning so that you can finish that off on your own time as well. So uh, the link will be down below. I would love to see you there. It is right at the beginning of the new year so we can start the new year right. And if you don't have a lead magnet already up in anticipation of wave season, this is going to be a really great way to get that lead magnet ready for all those sales. So without further ado, let's get on to our first interview with Margie Jordan. Tanzania particularly was interesting and different for me. I've been on safari multiple times, but Tanzania is different. And the reason I say it's different, because first off, Tanzania is dusty. (laughs) I can't even tell you the sheer amount of dust and sand 
that we that blew and we inhaled, especially in the Serengeti, especially in the crater. When I tell you blowing dust, I would pick up my purse and it was brown. <laughs> Just like, oh my God, what is happening? You would have to, at the end of every day, I mean, just even like cleaning out your ears and the oh, the amount wow. of dust. So, I, you know, I would probably tell a client, just bring a face mask yeah. because you're in a Jeep and you're trying to see animals, the windows are open and dust just blows and you're just kind of sucking all that in. <laughs> Face mask would help. <laughs> I didn't realize that. But the other thing, this was my first time in the Serengeti. And, you know, it's everybody's goal to do a safari in the Serengeti. And mm-hmm. I firmly believe that the best time to do that is during the migration. But oh, the Serengeti is massive. Okay. Massive. You could be driving 20, 25 minutes before you see anything. It's big. It's really, really big. So if I had clients who had it on their bucket list, this is their one time to go to Africa. They're going on a safari. Hey, I want to see all the big five. I wouldn't start in the Serengeti unless Mm. it's migration because you would need multiple days to wander through that Serengeti. I think somebody told us the Serengeti was the size of Belgium. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Yes, your reaction was mine. Yeah, the size of a country is the is the savanna. <laughs> we at one point were actually lost in the Serengeti. We we made a joke out of it in our our Jeep. We were like making it a Netflix episode and saying lost in the Serengeti <laughs> between Margie Jordan, Eddie Simmons, and we were naming off everybody in there. But we were trying to find this new property, a newer property that we were staying at, and. We, of course, there's no road signs, street signs in the Serengeti, right? Right. <laughs> we were trying to figure out where it was and we happened upon, it was, and the sun was starting to set. So mm. we happened upon um, a new resort that wasn't ours, but it was beautiful. I took pictures of it. It was beautiful. And there was nobody there. It was like deserted. So it made our little episode of Lost in the Serengeti even more fun. You know, here we stumbling upon this deserted you know, resort. It looked beautiful. But I love that. We l- ran into some lions and there was another safari Jeep around the lions. And it just happened to be a safari Jeep to the place we were going to. So That's we just funny. followed in the rest of the way. <laughs> but it is so mad. So if your client's bucket list is to see the big five, you really need to rethink where you're seeing, sending them and how much time they have. Mm-hmm. Because Serengeti, you're gonna need some days. You're right. gonna need some days. I would probably pick a smaller park and you know let them have that experience and then maybe send them to a Serengeti, you know, maybe one or two safaris in the Serengeti so they can, you know, hey, I've been there and check it off my list. Mm-hmm. But it would not be the place I would start them, at least not initially, if they wanted to see the big five in one trip. Wouldn't do it. These are like, these are bomb tips that you're dropping. So <laughs> thank you so much. Um, when you're thinking of your own like holiday destination bucket list, what do you, what's on there? What's the next big destination you'd like to experience? So my list is different because, you know, I'm a culture girl. So mm-hmm. one place I'm a little sad about all the things happening in Israel because Israel was high on the list. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, um, Namibia is pretty high on my list. 
I recently have added Ethiopia to the list. Um, I do have some interest in going to Iran. Okay. Um, Saudi is on the list. And uh, Philippines is on the list. But you know, there's this trip. And, you know, if anybody's listening that can get me on the trip, call me. (laughs) (laughs) But there is a trip to the South Pole. And it is so uber luxe because it is probably a six-figure trip easy. Mm -hmm. Um, That's on my list. But there's one other, Rita, there's one really big trip that I want to take. I want to be the first travel advisor in space. industry people that are connected with space travel or space tourism companies, please make sure to reach out to us so that we can go ahead and get Margie Jordan to be the first travel advisor in space. Can you tell that was an amazing, and that was just like five minute snippets from Margie. Like we talk about Diwali, we talk about um, going into an undersea restaurant. I mean, we just touched on so many really unique experiences that you or your clients can have. You will definitely want to tune in to Margie's interview if you haven't already. So let's move on to another friend in the industry, Mr. Tom Carpenter. of both north and south what would you say is the difference between the different poles and like why people would visit them differently or at a different points in their life um totally different so um uh so when we went to antarctica many many years ago um the first the first day we were there we were just like oh look it's penguins and then by like oh it's more penguins but um, but the cool thing about when we went, which was in late December, uh, early early January, we had midnight sun at New Year's Eve, which was crazy, Ooh. crazy, crazy fun. But we also had um, like um, when we first like at the beginning of our trip, all of the penguins were just starting to hatch, and then as we came further north, you could see them like every time we went on land, they were a little bit bigger and you know, starting to venture out of the nest. And by the time we got, you know, at the end of our trip up the peninsula, um, you know, we were kind of able to see like the whole like first, you know, however many weeks of of development because they hatched later in the south. And then, you know, we were kind of like ahead of the game a little bit. It's kind of hard to explain. That was really cool. Uh, in the north, um, in Svalbard, we saw polar bears every single day. No way. And it's, and they're terrifying because they, um, you know, if we would do a landing, there were times when they'd be like, all right, we're get back to the Zodiacs. We got to get back to the, um, back to the ship or back to the, yeah, to the ship. And, um, and the polar bears swim too. So like, if you're on the land, they could be in the water. Um, if you're in the water in a Zodiac, you don't necessarily want to, you know, I mean, it's as much for their safety as for yours, right? Right. Disrupt their normal doing their thing. But, um, but the wildlife was a lot more diverse in the Arctic region, walruses, seals, Arctic fox, reindeer, we saw all of it. Um, Lots and lots of wildlife. 
um, crazy glaciers. Like if you've done an Alaska cruise and you thought those glaciers were cool, mm -hmm. just amazing glaciers. Um, and Antarctica too. I mean, whales, um, it's, they're, they're different, but they're both totally worthwhile. Yeah, no, it's interesting, like to hear the differences in both of the regions, because I was going, I was going to ask, like, is there wildlife as rich as what would be in Antarctica? Would you say there's more like flora and fauna in the north compared to being down south? Well, for animals, there's a wider range in the north. Okay. Um, you know, in the south, you get seals, sea lions, whales, lots and lots of penguins, and lots and lots of seabirds. In the north, you get you don't get any penguins, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but you get polar bears and you get walrus and seals and sea lions and um, and lots of seabirds as well. Um, uh, reindeer, Arctic foxes. Um, it, there's, so there's a little more diversity in terms of the wildlife. No plants to speak of in either in either direction because okay. you're north of the you're north of the um, the tree zone where it's pretty much permafrost so okay um, antarctica like i think the only plant life they have are maybe some mosses here and there but that's about it oh fun okay all right so um i feel like this that is a unique holiday destination in itself because we're talking about cold and i just <laughs> think of all the different claymation christmas movies because i'm a <laughs> christmas goer and like thinking about you know, like at the poles. And then I also think about like the misers, heat miser and yeah. <laughs> all the different characters of those. Um, well, yeah, when, I love those. yeah, I was like, I could start singing their songs right now. <laughs> yeah, well, we got about as close to Santa Claus as you possibly could on that on that trip. Yeah. What else would you say is a holiday destination that you visited before, either around the holidays or throughout the years that not a lot of people think about? Well, I I feel like even though people people are focused on Christmas markets, especially for river cruises, I don't think people have their eye on Europe as much as they should for the holidays. Boy, did I tell you, we are going all across the globe in this audio series. So we've gone Africa. There's a little bit of Asia also with Margie. Then we've gone to both North and South Poles and touched just briefly on Europe. And you'll want to make sure to tune into Tom's episode because he does expound a lot on different resorts and different luxury experiences that you or your clients can have while they're in Europe for the holidays. So make sure you're tuned to that. Next up, we're going to go a little bit more further and be a little close to home. I know we go to a lot of places in Danella's episode. So listen in on this snippet to see where we're going to go with Danella Richard. I was recently on American Queen Voyages on the American Countess okay. from Memphis, sailing from Memphis to New Orleans, the mm -hmm. lower Mississippi itinerary. Now, I grew up in Louisiana, and when I first started hearing about cruising on the Mississippi, I was like, really? 
I mean, <laughs> you know, I grew up there. I just, it, it just wasn't appealing to me at uh-huh. all, right? When I tell you we had a fantastic time, the um, American Countess is absolutely beautiful ship. And you really not only, so on an itinerary like from, you know, Memphis and New Orleans, you automatically, you're going to get the music vibe, right? Right, So being in Memphis, having a chance to experience Bill Street going on down in New Orleans and experiencing Bourbon Street, the history of the Delta Blues all the way down to the history of jazz in New Orleans, right? And then um, along the way, the history Mm -hmm. along that river. There's a lot of history. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, just some of the, the the various experiences that um, that are along the way, and I'm going to say this, and some people get a little uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but there were even some of the plantation homes along the way okay. that were absolutely beautiful. Some people may not always be comfortable with some of the history there, but right. it is it's it's history. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But when I tell you, and there was a, there was one experience, it, it ties in with the holidays that they did, and it's called a bejeweled Christmas. Ooh. This lady and her husband, they own a, a like a plantation home estate, and throughout the home, they have Christmas trees and Christmas de- decorations, and every Christmas tree has jewels. There are jewels throughout Ooh. this home during Christmas that is absolutely, it will blow you away. And it's called the Bejeweled Christmas Experience. And that's on American Queen Voyages. Are we talking I believe like it. actual like gemstones on the trees? Or is I'm it talking like a actual gemstones. This lady has a collection of jewels that will blow your mind away. And it's decorated in every room with Christmas trees and Christmas decor throughout the house. She even has pieces that are from different celebrities. She has a piece in one of these rooms that's decorated in all this beautiful Christmas stuff Mm -hmm. that was actually from Gone with the Wind and belonged to Clark Gable. And it was his cigar case that she has a part of this collection. She has some amazing things. And when we went, honestly, I didn't know what to expect. I'm like, really? What what, what are we going to see here? But phenomenal. The Bejeweled Christmas was absolutely phenomenal. I'd so yes, so American Queen voyages, and even um, the regional menus, the regional vi- menus. Um, you know, and like I said, I'm from. I grew up in Louisiana. I actually lived in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know that whole region right. very well. And when I tell you, they brought out an authentic crawfish etouffee bisque gumbo, all those mm-hmm. things <laughs> that are authentic to the region. <laughs> They do a phenomenal, phenomenal job. has me like salivating all over again. Now, I realize I haven't really introduced you to, well, I've been mentioning names, but if you don't know who these names are, Margie Jordan, the first episode, she owns a travel agency, and then she is also an industry executive with CCRA Travel. 
And uh, you may have seen her in the media quite a bit as she is really one of those relied on experts, especially in her local area. She's also a Florida girl like I am. And then Tom Carpenter, you may have heard his name because not only is he a travel advisor, but he is also an attorney for the media and travel industries. So if you are needing terms and conditions, agreements, or anything of the like drafted up, you'll want to make sure to reach out to Tom. There is contact information in the audio series, but of course, shoot me an email if you don't have access to that just yet. And then last but not least, we have Danella Richard. Danella Richard, many of you might know, she was a cruise line industry executive and her job was eliminated because of everything that happened with the pandemic. You'll hear a little bit of her story at the beginning of her episode. And um, she was, I'll, I don't want to spoil like too much, but uh, she got into media and look what she did within three years span, heading into four years, the seventh season with Traveling with Danella Richard, a nationally syndicated television show that you can find on all sorts of different networks and things like that. There are links within the audio series as well to help you find her show and tune in to the upcoming season that's starting in January. All right, our next interview is with Jono McKee from Herty Gruten. So yeah, we're going to do some expedition cruising here, folks. Let's dig in. And an interesting point of fact, the, the official Ecuadorian Equator Monument is not on the equator because it was set up before modern day GPS mm-hmm. and they figured it out. Uh, a few hundred years later. So we also take you to a secondary museum that's the unofficial, but closer to the real equator. When I looked at my GPS, I was at like 0.00003 south of the equator. So you know that's how close you really are. Uh, then what we do is we we have a flight. We get everybody on one flight and we actually fly them out to the Galapagos and that saves time because there's not a whole lot going on um, between mainland and the Galapagos. Mm -hmm. So we get you right there that afternoon you're departing and you're already making your first stop that afternoon, the afternoon of boarding. So even on a four night cruise, you're likely to get um, seven to eight stops. We'll have uh, usually two a day. Sometimes one in the morning before disembarking and one that very first afternoon. And what's really great is 99, 98% of the time, we're the only ship at our stops. Love that. So it's even a little bit more authentic if you're being able to like enjoy it in a smaller group. Oh, absolutely. When I went, my uh, we had uh, about four or five groups, and no one group was bigger than 15 people. And even nice. even the larger groups were just because of some of the, the way the family dynamics worked out. We didn't mm-hmm. want to separate families. So maybe we had one group of 10 and another group of 14. Okay. But it was because there was a family of four that needed to fit in somewhere. We're always right. going to work with our guests to okay. do what's best for them. And um, you have your own guide. So there were, at the time I went, there were four, 
five guides on board mm-hmm. and they all speak English and they all speak Spanish. And um, most of them were natives of the Galapagos themselves. Okay. So they grew up there. Not only are they licensed national park guides, but they are from the Galapagos. This is their history and their culture as well. Okay. And the, the sparkle in their eyes when they're talking to you about it. And like when you're asking questions, you are not a burden on them. They want to share this information. Mm-hmm. They love how inquisitive the people who are coming here, because not everybody's going. It, it's not, you know, it's not something that people are just sitting around going, let's go to the Galapagos. Mm-hmm. The people who want to go there are really going for a reason. They're going for nature and wildlife and and maybe some of them are going for a little bit of history with Darwin and evolution and mm-hmm. all, all of all of that history. So I can't speak highly enough about it. And I know we're mostly talking about winter holidays, but right. when when I take my family next year, we're actually going um, for the spring holidays. It's how we've chosen to spend Fun. that time. Okay. So when you have gone to the Galapagos, um, what would you say was your favorite island or the favorite experience, the favorite moment that you had? I have two, and okay. they're equal but different. Okay. Um, give me a moment. I have to think of the name. I know it looks it looks like a um, it looks like a little seahorse. I just need oh. to remember if it's Fernandina. It is um, Isabella Island. Okay. So Isabella Island is uh, not quite the westernmost, but it is the. It's towards the west, and it's one of. It's the largest island in Galapagos, but it's also the home and the only home in the entire world of the flightless cormorant. So the flightless cormorant is not only endemic to the Galapagos, found nowhere else in the world. It's found only in one area of the Galapagos. Wow. And so that was really an amazing experience for me. Um, Not that I'm a birder, but it kind of got me interested in birding. Uh, So I really liked that. And then um, another uh, stop that we made is Post Office Bay. And this is an unofficial post office. It is hundreds of years old. It used to be used by sailors and pirates. And um, it is nowadays, it is a weatherproofed box on... um, on Floriana Island. You have got to listen to the rest of that story that Jono mentions about this unofficial mailbox post office. It is, I've never heard anything like it around the world. And I had already wanted to visit the Galapagos Islands and see the flora and fauna and experience that area and that side of the world. But I think this amazing connection piece associated with this unofficial post office has me even more motivated to get closer to the Galapagos Islands. So uh, make sure to check out that portion or the whole thing, of course, since you already have all of the episodes 
of his interview because, again, it's just so super heartwarming and very unexpected. Uh, last but not least, we're going to another warm destination. So we've kind of we've kind of skirted a little bit of the wintry destinations. Let's check out what the another area actually on the other side of the equator how they celebrate the holidays with Renata West. The weather is great generally. Um, but, you know, when it's that warm outside, you really don't feel like roasting something in the oven and standing oh, right. in a hot kitchen all day. So generally, you know, um, people will opt for a breakfast, um, trad- have a, a family breakfast instead maybe, oh, or, or um, uh, you know, still having that that hot piece of roast meat um, but having it um, sort of barbecue style with some um, you know lots more salads and, and stuff suitable for a, a warmer climate yeah. Um, yeah so quite often Christmas day is uh, spent at the beach and uh, people engage in lots of sports on the beach that we have a cricket Okay. Beach cricket is quite a big sort of tradition. You'll see people playing cricket on the beaches. Um, so it's, it's a little bit more relaxed than what you would find up here in North America. Okay. that Now, I knew that it was warmer there, but it didn't even make me think about the change in like what you would cook and prepare as a meal. Just the differences, because I'm thinking, yeah, if Christmas was during our summertime in North America, I don't think I would be roasting a turkey during that time either. That is going to get everything more steamy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it creates opportunity for a little bit more fun yeah. as well. So, uh, for example, what you'll see is some of the resorts in Fiji and Tahiti is Santa will arrive by boat. And he'll dish out the presents to the children. Um, you know, sometimes he will uh, paddle his own canoe in. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a little bit more fun with it. And sometimes Santa's wearing shorts as opposed to long pants. Nice. Just because it's so hot. Right. So you have some fun kind of um, adaptation to the Christmas theme, I guess. I love that. I love that Santa comes through a boat and not necessarily a sleigh through the chimney. Uh, So tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit more about like when we're thinking about holiday destinations, I know there's going to be a lot of people that would prefer to like be in a warmer area. What are some, what are some places in the South Pacific that kind of like match that holiday feeling? Yeah. So obviously it is, uh, summer down there and so with that it is in high demand uh, so that's one thing to consider for our travel advisor community is that this is going to be peak season mm-hmm. obviously festive is peak, peak season everywhere but right. particularly because the, the weather is good this is high 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 season and in high demand so what you're going to have to do is if you're uh, interested if your clients are interested in South Pacific uh, festive you're going to have to book it three to four months in advance to secure mm-hmm. those um, reservations but it's worthwhile doing and it's for a number of reasons um, 
number one, it's just a novel way to spend the holidays in the warm instead of being in the cold. Right. I think you've got to try it, try it at least once um, to, to sort of experience what the other hemisphere experiences. Um, but number two is that um, New Zealand uh, in particular is one of the first countries in the world to see the sun. So it sees the new day and the new year first. So that's why the New Year celebrations are quite a big deal down there and it sort of starts off the celebrations all around the world. So quite often you'll see the fireworks going off in Sydney Harbour Bridge or in Auckland. Okay. Uh, and there even, you know, that you can create some fun um, travel experiences. Leonardo DiCaprio in the new millennium in the year 2000 actually started his new year in Sydney and then flew uh, back across the date line. Okay. And I think he stopped in one of the Pacific Islands, it's either Cook Islands or Samoa, and he celebrated New Year all over again and then got back on the plane and up to L.A. and had New Year for a third time. So you had, you know, that was quite a fun and novel way to see in the new millennium with Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know about you, Travel Pro, but I did not realize until this conversation with Ren that you could be one of the first people in the world to celebrate New Year's from New Zealand because New Zealand is one of the first places to experience the new year. And that is another thing that I am personally adding to my own travel bucket list is to be able to be one of the first people to experience a new year uh, by being in New Zealand for that time. And with the conversation with Ren, what I realized a lot was that I feel the South Pacific has very similar but also different cultures to Latin America because what you'll hear is he talks about something that reminded me of when we roast the pig, the lechon, for Noche Buena and Christmas Eve and all that. So um, it was just really interesting and endearing to hear that a whole other side of the world (laughs) does something very similar to kind of like how I grew up. Um, And also you know, seeing the differences that we all have, because I know a lot of people celebrate Christmas. You are going to hear a little bit about Diwali. You're going to hear a little bit about Hanukkah during this. There's just so many amazing holiday experiences and destinations that you can experience. Um, I will have visited that star legend. You heard me talking about it with Tom a little bit. So uh, I will, in a couple of weeks, give you like a recap of my journey in the star legend and on the Mediterranean in winter time. But until then, I hope that you have the most festive of holiday seasons this year. Make sure to take some time for you. It is important that even though we may have clients that are traveling or you may be traveling as well, that you also put some boundaries and cap your capacity a little bit so that you can enjoy the most wonderful time of the year with your family and friends doing all these amazing things. So 
I hope that you have enjoyed these snippets from the Unique Holiday Experiences audio series. And of course, you can grab it now for just $9 and listen in to the full-length episodes at your leisure, maybe while you're going off to travel. <laughs> so we'll see you next time. Merry Christmas. Happy late Kwanzaa. Or happy late Hanukkah, happy early Kwanzaa as well, a happy solstice, happy everything. We'll see you next week on the podcast, everyone. Bye.